Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Hey, welcome back. We have a fun show. Um, this is a great topic, mostly for the time of year, but obviously this topic is relevant for any time of year. And um, before we get to it, and uh, Julie, I don't know if you have anybody you'd like to acknowledge or emails you'd like to read and whatnot. I just have a couple of quick little shout-outs when you're ready. Yeah, well, I want to thank all of you who have um, who are staying listening to us every single day in November and December. And I'll tell you guys a little secret that shouldn't be any big surprise whatsoever. Our podcast listenership typically drops off towards the end of the year because most agents drop off towards the end of the year. Most agents basically check out of the business. And it's always fascinating to me to see those same agents come back in the late spring typically because for them the holiday season starts around Halloween and doesn't end until like, you know, February 1st. That's typically the work cycle of a lot of these types is when they come back in the market, they're like so pissed off because all the other agents who didn't and weren't lazy during and over the winter, they have listing inventory. It's interesting to me when I get these calls back where people, you know, or they're requesting special help or whatever and they're, you know, in the spring and I can't seem to build my momentum and, you know, I, the sellers I thought were going to list with me listed with somebody else and all these other types of things hear it every year in the spring, and I always ask them the same question. What the hell were you doing third and fourth quarter or mostly fourth quarter of the previous year? And then they'll, you, they won't tell me the truth, and I have to vet it out of them, ask more questions. Then I'll, just, then I'll quickly figure out that they weren't working. So, look, our podcast listenership drops off in November and December, but our intensity on the podcast increases in November and December because, frankly, I know that you guys who are listening to us are our people. I mean – Everyone in the podcast who listens, I am thankful for. But those of you guys who stayed locked into us in November and December, you're the ones that are serious about your careers. You're the ones that are going to kick serious ass next year. You're the ones that are going to have what will be perceived as an unfair advantage of your competition. And you know what? Good job. You know? Yeah. Good job. Rest of us, you know, they're not going to show up. That's not our problem. Better yeah. for the rest so of we you guys. Just ha- we just had our uh, Harris Certified Coach call, um, and that's where basically you guys own your own coaching business. If you want to learn more about that, just go to HarrisCertifiedCoach.com, HarrisCertifiedCoach.com. So we were on our group call with, the, um, a, you know, not all of them, probably a third of the Harris Certified Coaches. And the question I asked for all of them, and this is not the topic of today's call, but it is interesting. Um, the question I had for them was, what is a limiting be- – name a, you know, tell us a limiting belief that you have about yourself, and it can be in health, it could be financial, it could be you know, spiritual, it could be familial, educate, anything, any limiting belief you have about yourself. And then the secondary question was, and how are you benefiting from that limiting belief? So the first question is sort of easy. The second question is causes internal conflict – because your ego doesn't want you to admit that you're getting a benefit from the screwed up behavior. And I think that's an interesting exercise, especially those of you, you know, like I said, I'm showing proper respect to those of you who are in the game like we are this time of year where most people have checked out. I'm asking you to take seriously that question for yourselves and ask yourself, what are the, you know, what is the limiting belief you have about yourself? 
Are you not rich enough? Are you not educated enough? Are you not experienced enough? Are you not tall enough? Are you, you know, too tall? Are you not, you know, do you not have enough experience in the upper end? Do you not have enough experience in the lower end? Do you not have enough experience in a changing market? What, you know, what is, the, what are the limiting, you don't deserve the success. You have fear of success. You have fear of failure. What are the limiting beliefs you have about yourself? If you really want to scale this question, you can just write them all down because you're going to have a lot. If you're really being honest, you're going to find all kinds of limiting beliefs. Well, you know, I think I'm okay looking, but I'm not as good looking as I need to be. And if I was better looking, I'd be able to get more business easily. And then I want you – whatever your thing is, right, you're going to have some unique ones I have even pondered. Then I want you to write down how you're benefiting from that limiting belief that you have about yourself. When you do that, it's liberating – because by saying, uh, for example, I don't have enough time, which Nora Lynch mentioned this morning, which is a classic one, I don't have enough time, and she was smart enough and uh, self-aware enough and introspective enough to realize that the I don't have enough time limiting belief was just a fancy excuse for not having to do what she didn't want to do and she didn't want to do it at the highest level. So to translate I don't have enough time is I don't have enough time to do things that make me uncomfortable. I don't have enough time to have to learn things that are going to result in me being uh, doing things that make me uncomfortable. That would be, for example, maybe calling it expired, the very things that you have to do in a market like this to get a real unfair advantage in your marketplace. So I want you – and this is – again, guys, I just want you to take this seriously. Julie and I are coming off a great certified coach call, so we're you know riding the wave down after that session, that hour-long session. If you want to learn more about how to be a certified coach, again, it's harriscertifiedcoach.com. Uh, but yeah, so ask yourself that. What are the limiting beliefs you have about yourself? And just start with one. And then the real question is, is how are you benefiting from that limiting belief? And don't say you're not. That's the wrong answer because it's not true. Just here's the thing I know about every single one of you. You, do, you are doing every, everything that you do, you do because you're getting a benefit from it. You are somehow getting a benefit from it no matter how screwed up the behavior is. No matter how dysfunctional and harmful the behavior is, you're getting a benefit from it or you wouldn't be doing it. You cannot come up with an example. And if you'd like to try, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com. But even addictive things, even med- you know, self-induced medical problems, people do these things because they get benefits from them. On the other side of the acceptance of the responsibility of the benefit you're getting – from the you know this the dysfunctional non-real the, the behavior that you no longer want to have in your life by accepting that you're getting a benefit from it. The bitter pill to swallow is that you're doing it out of choice. You're choosing to do it. You're choosing to do that dysfunctional behavior because it's benefiting you. I promise you guys, it's liberating. It does require your ego to suck it up so that you have to you know you're going to move past it. I don't have enough time. I have 14 kids, and I have this, the other thing. Well, you do have – you are a little time-starved. There's no doubt. But what benefits are you having by telling yourself you're not having enough time? Well, I'm too old, Tim. I hear this one too. You know, I'm too old to ever become a millionaire, or I'm too old to ever actually fulfill my lifelong dream of traveling in Europe. Well, okay. So 
of whatever too old is. There's no real defining uh, age for when you could start living your life. There is no rule that says once you reach this a certain num, uh, you know, numerical equivalency in your life that you're no longer allowed to start. You have to all of a sudden stop living your dreams. So I don't know where the hell that came from. But what are the benefits you're getting from believing that you're too old to live the life of your dreams or to accomplish certain things? This is you know, the too old things there. Too young is just there too. So what are the benefits of believing that you're too old? Well, I get to sit around on my ass and I get to bitch about being too old. Okay, there's a benefit. Well, I don't have to do what I don't want to do. I don't have to pick up the phone. I don't have to make myself uncomfortable. I don't have to like deal with the thoughts that when I go and talk with a, a FISBO that you know, my ego is telling me, oh, they just, they're looking at me thinking I'm too old. You get it? So there's so much head junk that is standing in the way that, are, that is basically acting as your, an excuse, a benefit to you to help avoid doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Guys, go through all aspects of your life. And, oh, you know what? Uh, yes, uh, okay, whatever, dude. I'm 30 pounds overweight. It is what it is. Everyone around has to be 30 pounds. I carry my weight well. I've heard that so many times. Uh, you know what? When you look at me, you don't realize I'm 100 pounds overweight. What? I've had people say that to me before. Well, what are yeah. the benefits you're getting from being fat? I'm not getting any benefit from being fat. You are getting a benefit from being fat. You're choosing to be fat because you're benefiting how? And then fill in the blank. Here's how. Here's an example. Every billion times I've asked this question from people who you know, are essentially holding on to their weight so they don't have to do what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it at the highest level. Here are the benefits from being fat. You don't have to work out. Working out, for the most part, sucks. Okay? You can eat what you want to eat when you want to eat it. That sounds good to me, too. I can't do it because I don't want to be fat. What are the other benefits of being fat? Well, if you're, depending on how fat you are, you actually might be subconsciously trying to make yourself unattractive so you have yet another excuse not to, uh, frankly, be successful in life in, in a multitude of levels. What are the other benefits of being fat? Well, people aren't going to expect much, much out of you, are they? Well, that's Uncle Bob. You know, he's the size of a beluga whale, so we can't really expect him to show up or do anything. Or, you know, I'm trying to make you guys laugh, but you get the point. So please go through your mind this time of year, those of you who are staying loyal and listening to the podcast every day, and do the heavy lifting so that when spring rolls around, you're not creating a bunch of bullshit excuses not to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Because podcast listeners, coaching clients, future coaching clients, it is game time come springtime. And if you're not taking that seriously now, which I know most of you are, you will not make it. Next year is a transition year. With This is going to be a great washout year. It happens every time in a cycle like this where the agents with the skills are going to absolutely dominate the agents that just basically have been coasting and riding high because everyone else has as well. You guys get the point here? That's the market cycle. That's where we're at in this market cycle. So please take this seriously. By the way, if there's anything we can do for you guys, I want you to go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com. Remember you do, we're going to give you not only uh, six free books, including the Real Estate Treasure Map and uh, Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate, but you're also going to be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. All right, Julissa, you've got a great topic for us today. Yes, but before we get to that, I just wanted to point out for our Premier Coaching members who uh, have their own private Facebook page, topic du jour is what people are doing for their past client center of influence appreciation pop-by gifts, whatever you would like to call them. And this ranges everywhere from identifying your top 20 past clients or referral sources 
to something larger like a couple hundred gift roll um, pot buys, which are called the, the gift wrap project. And that's, there's been some pictures posted on that as from examples. Coach Rochelle is full of these great ideas. She does those herself and has been posting lots of pictures. So the least expensive, most <clears throat> uh, volume that you can do, and people love this. I've, I have many examples of actual listings being taken from this super simple idea. You, and all this is on sale right now as we're getting closer to holidays. You just go to your dollar store or your craft store and you go find the gift wrap uh, rolls that are on sale right now. And you're going to buy a whole bunch of those, maybe a couple hundred of those, and you get some candy canes, you get some uh, tape and some gift tags, and the message, and you package this all up nicely, so this is a good project for you to do with your kids or with your spouse or your partner, you know, whoever can help you, because you know, it's gonna take a little production. You tie it all up together, make a nice production of one roll plus the, the um, gift tags and the saying plus your business card, your contact information all wrapped up. Uh, says do, friends, let, friends don't let friends get wrapped up with the wrong realtor. If you use the gift tags that, that are stickers, it might say stick with me for all of your real estate needs. These go over really well. So how do people use these? They use them in open houses. They use them door knocking their own neighborhood. They use them for lead follow-up. They use them at closings, all kinds of different things. And you might have like maybe $1.50 tops in each one of these, probably less when you buy them in bulk. And again, it's all on sale. So that's the most popular idea, but then we have some uh, open house raffle ideas that have been posted and some other really great items. So if you're one of our Premier Coaching members, don't miss out because you guys have been requesting this and it's been posted. Back to you, Tim, and back to our topic. Well yeah, back to our topic. So just the topic is, and point number one is? All right, so we're talking about 10 questions to get you ready for next year. Being introspective. What happened this year to you in your business? So when you answer these 10 questions, you will be ready to then jump into your real estate treasure map, which is our most robust business plan. Question number one, this is actually several questions, but they're all related. Uh, question number one, where did your business actually come from this year? Now, don't guesstimate your way through this. Go through every transaction and account for its source. Referrals, past client repeat business, expireds, open house leads. Now, if it came from an online source, which one? Don't just say internet lead. These are your spokes, your avenues of business for your lead generation that are currently working. The proof is in the transactions. And then you can also ask yourself, how much of your business came from pure luck? Referrals, for the most part, are luck, for example. Somebody you bumped into was luck. Now, that's different than maybe you're somebody that sends 100 probate letters per month, followed by a round of three phone calls to your contacts, and you know that every time you make three rounds of phone calls to all of them, that you end up with five really great listings. That's more predictable and duplicatable than random referrals. Now, referrals are great. That's one of the reasons we do things like the wrapping paper project. But you want to know how much of your business did you luck into versus how much of it did you actually control. Does that question make sense, Tom? It's sourcing yeah, your business. it does. Well, I mean, when you were talking about that, I'll tell you where my mind went, is you and I used to do that exercise every year. And yep. um, we do it twice a year, actually. We do it in the middle of the year, and we do it at the end of the year. And we always try to do between 100 and 200. Oh, dear God, you and Julie sold real estate? Yes, we did. I know that's rare for somebody who's doing what we're doing to actually have sold real estate at a high level for 10 years. But, yes, we did, between 100 and 200 houses a year. 
<sighs> I digress. So listen, by the way, if you guys are thinking about hiring a coach, you should go to comparacoach.com, comparacoach.com, and uh, make whoever you're thinking about hiring answer all those questions because you're going to find that virtually everyone else out there who's calling themselves a coach has, get ready for it, never sold real estate before. Those of you who are getting into the business or starting to take the business seriously finally, I want you to remember what I just told you. You must be careful who you're taking advice from because most everyone is saying the exact same thing because they never sold real estate before. They don't actually know what works and what doesn't. It just makes sense, doesn't it? So go to comparecoach.com. But what we do twice a year – is we tally up where our business came from. And Julie and I did a lot of prospecting, obviously, direct, self-generated, lead generation, proactive mark, you know, proactive prospecting type thing. And we did a, as we are, our business matured, we did a fair amount of marketing as well. Um, and, and of course, centers of influence and past clients. We had a couple other spokes as well, builders and whatnot, all the things we teach you guys in Premier Coaching. But here's what we found. Over uh, the course of a year, virtually all of our business was coming from the prospecting, well, just from two or three of the spokes. But the spokes we thought the marketing, I'm sorry, we thought where the leads were coming from was not where the leads were coming from. But what we'd ask sometimes, or one of our assistants would ask, is why are you calling Tim and Julie about the, you know, to hire them for the job of selling your house? And oftentimes what the seller would say was, I just got a postcard, or they just sold the neighbor's house or whatever. But then we had, a, in the same script, there was a secondary question, in essence the same question, just in a different way. And that's where we'd often get the truth, where they would say, well, you know, I know them from, you know, so-and-so. Or uh, the person over that uh, Julie knows from, uh, you know, this particular social activity told me to call her. Or, my, you know, more directly, my neighbor said, so what we'll discover, what we did discover is when we really drilled down, is that even though people would say, well, marketing, it wasn't marketing that was causing the phone to ring. It was actually a referral. And here's something else that's fascinating. So you've got to ask deeper questions when you're asking the source of the business because the marketing in general is almost impossible to track. You rationalize that it's working, and sometimes when you have like um, institutional advertising and homes magazines and whatnot, you rationalize that those are getting you leads until you stop doing it for a month and you realize that you don't have any more or less leads because there's no ad. And it was just your ego telling you that you needed to run the ad. But the real black hole of money right now are, is Internet marketing. That's where people, agents in particular, waste obscene amounts of money. Inman did a great story on this based on NAR statistics, and you guys can read this yourselves. The essence of it was is most agents get a total, sumer, a total amount of zero leads from their personal websites. And by most agents, basically you. So you are getting no business from your personal website, even though you are probably spending thousands of dollars per year to maintain it. You're getting no business from it. The only people getting business from their personal agent websites are people that are spending gobs of money for pay-per-click, which goes back to the buying leads thing. It also just a circular conversation all the way back to the buying leads thing, which Julie and I will do everything we possibly can to get you guys to see the futility in doing that. So next point, Julie. Yes, you got it. So where did my outline go? There it is. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Next point is, what was your gross and net income? Is that on track, ahead, or behind of what you wanted for this year? Why or why not? Now, obviously, this question is going to be a lot harder if you're somebody that went through this year with no specific income goals. But, so let's break this down. What's the difference between gross and net? I know many of you are clear on that, but we still get this question a lot. Think of your net as what is left in the net after you pay your expenses. 
And some of you could do, you know, uh, gross income before taxes, gross income after taxes. Well, I think after taxes is a lot more realistic and it also keeps you out of trouble with paying your taxes. Your tax money, I appreciate if you've got it socked away in a savings account, but it's not your money. So we want your true net income. And some of you guys, your brokers do a really good job of tracking that. So if you're confused, they may be sending you spreadsheets on this, but figure it out. Now, is it on track ahead or behind of what you wanted this year? If you didn't have specifics, you know, where you can identify that, well, make the commitment that you're not going to go through another year like that. Okay, so another money introspection question. And then on track ahead or behind, why or why not? Many of our premier coaching members are having their best years ever, ever, ever in, on pretty much every level. Best uh, magic number of listings kept and maintained all year. Um, you know, winning listing presentations making the most money they've had, most pendings they've ever had. Well, if that's you, and I know there's a lot of you out there, what caused that? Was it because this was the year you got serious about never leaving your leads in your voicemail and in your email and your text? You, you really killed it on your lead follow-up? Well, write that down so you can continue doing it. Was this the year that you stopped dabbling with your lead generation spokes and you started perfecting them? What caused it? Now, by the same token, if you didn't get what you want out of this year, why cause that? Is that because you're not following a schedule? Is that because you only work when you feel like it? Or are there other reasons? Some of you guys have legitimate health reasons or other reasons, or maybe you're transitioning out of your uh, last job, but why or why not are you on track ahead or behind? Some of you had mixed years. Sometimes you were really killing it, and then you can identify maybe two or three months that were really slow or dry or problematic. What caused that? How can we stop that? Most of you guys that are ahead, or at least on track, we know you had really killer first quarters. Well, what caused that, being focused this time of year? So be introspective. Anything you want to add to that, Tim? Nope, that's good. Next point. All right, perfect. So this one's easy. Number three, how many transactions, or sometimes you call them sides, so you count both sides if you got both sides of the transaction, but how many deals did you actually close? Again, if you haven't been tracking it, if you're a Premier Coaching member, you have no excuses, but if you haven't been tracking it, your broker probably has, seeing as how they've been the one who's been paying you. Okay, number four, what was your average sale price? Now, you can't do that unless you did the, the exercise before that with your transactions. What was your average sale price? Average it out. Number five, after you know this, what is the average commission percent that you're charging? Now, here's a, a question that goes with that. Whatever average commission percent you're charging, is that the rate in your market? You know, some rates are lower than others. Some rates are higher. Or are you weak at objection handling? Are you still overpricing and under commissioning to compete when you have to compete? That is the skillless agent's method of competing. But it also ends up, you know, sometimes you end up not selling at all because you overpriced it, but when you do, you end up making less. So what's the deal with your commission? Number six, what goals did you accomplish? And I'll bring you back to the treasure map, goals in five areas of life. If you've never done a treasure map before, you know, this may be your first exposure to it, but it's, it's easier to think of goals if you put them into your five categories, family, financial, physical, spiritual, and educational. You know, one of our Harris Certified Coaches, he said one of the things that he has accomplished this year is he's lost over 60 pounds. And over the course of several years of working on this, he's lost over 120 pounds. That's like losing 
all of me plus five pounds. That's a lot. I mean, I, I can't lift 120 pounds. That's significant. So that would be on his physical accomplishment list. And then, of course, he's going to want to maintain that. So the things that you did accomplish, like maybe you became debt-free this year. Let's make sure you stay that way and then replace with some new goals. Point number seven, are you running a profitable operation or are you running a nonprofit? This you should have discovered by doing your gross and net. Some of you will be really surprised at what you spent versus what you net. I've got other coaching clients that, you know, their gross and net is really, really tight. It's really, you know, like they're hardly, I'm thinking of um, Anna in Austin, one of my private coaching clients. She does not spend hardly anything on her business. Her net is spectacular. One of the best I've ever seen. So that's not everybody. But are you running a nonprofit? What can you do about that? The obvious low-hanging fruit would be stop buying leads. But you've heard us talk about that before. All right. Uh, point number eight. What did you do really well this year? Even if you ended the year saying, you know, I'm behind. I'm not on track or ahead. I'm sure there are things that you did do really well this year. So let's keep that positive. And then, of course, keep doing those. Maybe do them even at a higher level. Point number nine is what didn't you do well this year? And most of you guys can identify that. Yes, you have to own up to it and be accountable. But what didn't you do well this year? That could be controlling your expenses, controlling your time. Maybe well, what you didn't do well is negotiate because you're learning how to do that back, again. Go ahead. That goes back to that first question, right? The limiting belief you have about yourself. You mentioned money. You mentioned time. Those are all the limiting belief type things, right? So I don't have mm -hmm. enough money. I don't have enough time, right? I don't have enough this, the other thing. My business isn't organized enough. That's one we hear a lot. We had somebody this morning say, um, you know, Tim, I really want to hunt expireds, but I'm just intimidated to hunt expireds against these agents and these teams that have these big auto dialers. You mean like the ones you can get from Mojo Cells? That's exactly probably what they're using too, the ones you can just buy yourself, and it's not that big of a deal to implement. Is that the big intimidating system that you're using as your excuse not to act? And he goes, yep. So, so how does that make any sense? I mean, you could basically do exactly what they're doing. You're just – and then he said, well, it's because it gives me an excuse not to actually have to do the work. I don't do it – you know, it gives me an excuse not to do what I don't want to do and I don't want to do it at the highest level. <laughs> you know? This whole thing is interesting, guys. That's Throwing the cool up to thing it. About real, well, but that is the cool thing about real estate. We're not – look, maybe you're going to take this offensively, listeners, but it just is the truth. None of us are doing real work. None of us are. I was just looking out my office window, and there's this big burly guys, and it's chilly here in Austin today, cold actually. And uh, these guys were, dry, you know, the garbage guys, and they—that's real work, okay? And and they're picking up these big, huge trash cans, and they're just doing this. That's work. Uh, Tim, you remember have, a couple weekends ago when you and I were working on the new studio, and uh, they had run an electric cord out to the gate, and we had to actually dig a ditch. That's yeah, real work. You and I had to. That sucked. Had, it was 105 degrees. There was a trench that had to be filled in, listeners, because we are, our studio, we are, uh, they put in this, you know, this electric gate to get into where our office is. And there was this trench that the trench guys dug out so they could bury the electric. But we, are, but we keep our cows – we live in Austin, so we can get away with a lot. So we keep our two little mini cows at, at where our studio is going to be. And the trench had to be filled in because the mini cows were arriving the following day, and there's a very good likelihood that they would have fallen into this 12-inch trench. And Julie and I had to go out there. No big deal. We're in good shape. 
and we had to fill in that trench and pack it all down and make it so it wasn't going to be a death trap wow. for these little short-legged cows. Yeah, but that's real work. And so it's funny to me when I hear us us collectively complain that it's so much work. Guys, please, what we do for a living is so freaking easy. All we're, It's all in our heads. It's just talking, blah, blah, blah. It's saying the same thing over and over again. There's no work in real estate. Not really. There's time. And you're going to put the time in regardless. Why don't you do what you're supposed to be doing with the time that you're putting in? Why don't you make the time that you're putting in incredibly effective? Why do you waste so much time? These are going back to those limiting belief questions, guys. Why do you waste so much time getting ready to get started, going to more seminars, you know, listening to more podcasts, looking for more ideas, looking for more ahas, trying to find your big why, trying to get your head straight about your goals, all these things. Why do you do it? It's a huge mistake, the biggest mistake you'll ever make of your life, believing that you have to have your head junk all sorted out before you get into action. Please listen to what I just said. It's going to save you so much pain in life. You're always going to have your head junk. You're always going to have your limiting beliefs about yourself. You're always going to be thinking you're to this or to the other thing. Who cares? Do it anyway. Because when you do it anyway, when you get into the action of doing the activity, those limiting beliefs stop having such a hold, a stranglehold on you, keeping you down, keeping you from excelling and going to the next level. So take this stuff seriously, guys. There is no way, there's no amount of seminars or books or gurus or pot you can smoke, for those of you in California and Colorado, God bless you, will, that will ever make it so that your beliefs, your limiting beliefs, your doubtful feelings, your self-deprecating, you know, unnecessarily deprecating you know, actions you take towards yourself, those none of them will ever go away. They're always going to be omnipresent in you, but they'll become less, um, they'll have less of a hold on you. As you take more action, and I want you to think, you really be honest with yourself. So if there's certain things, what are the things that get you paid? What are the things that get you paid the fastest in real estate? They're the exact same things that most of you are trying to avoid doing. It's true. Real estate has become essentially an industry that is, uh, grows, <laughs> you know, manifests procrastination. You guys think you can buy your way to business. You think it's about getting ready to get started. You think you have to have a team to be successful. You think you have to have a brand. You think you have to do direct mail. You think you have to do all these other things, but you don't have to do any of those things. Not really. Not, maybe not ever. That's the truth. If you look at the most successful agents in the country, and by successful, we have a very, very clear definition of what we deem to be successful. By Tim and Julie's rules. Not the industries. The industry's rules are all jacked up. The industry basically will reward people that are selling shit tons of houses and never care about what their net income is. We care about your net income because that's the point of being in business unless, of course, you're running a nonprofit, which some of you are involuntarily doing. Brokers, especially you, especially in a changing market. So if your true goal is to be a successful entrepreneur, the litmus test of how effective you are at that is the amount of profit you make. And in real estate, considering that we don't have to buy our inventory, considering we can run our, most of our business out of our house in our underwear, considering all it is is talking, there's no real labor involved, it's just blah, blah, blah. Considering all these things are true, 
And considering you just say the same thing day in and day out when you're prospecting, when you're lead generating, when you're lead follow-upping, when you're pre-qualifying, when you're presenting, when you're negotiating, it's the same conversation over and over again. There's no reason that you can't be running a 75% margin business. There's no reason for you to buy your business. There's no reason for you to give any credibility whatsoever to anybody that's trying to get you to shortcut and avoid doing the real work. So when you look and think about what the activities are that you think you're going to have to do today, tomorrow, next month to get ready to get started, just ask yourself, is this going to lead directly to a real estate transaction? Not I hope someday, or you know what, I know I have to build my brand, and my brand is the reason that people will call me, and I need to have a superior real estate brand. Your brand doesn't mean shit in your marketplace. Nobody cares. The only thing that matters is your ability to get houses sold. You will list the house, the FISBO that you're driving by. You will list it if you follow a proven system, whether you have a brand or not. If you stopped pumping postcards into a particular market, they would forget about you inside 60 days, in meaning you had no brand in the first place. Your postcards were just arriving at the day that somebody maybe thought about selling. That is luck. That is not a way to build a business. You cannot build a duplicatable, predictable business if it's dependent on buying business. You have to do it based off the idea and the, and the action of going after the business yourself. This is how real business people think, guys. So the question is, how in today's show, it's a simple question. What are the things that you're avoiding the most in your real estate business? And notice how, if you're being honest, the things you're avoiding the most are the things that will require you to have the highest level of skill, yes, could result in you getting rejected, yes, will result in you being uncomfortable for sure, but also lead directly to a paycheck. Isn't it interesting that the very activities that you know you should be mastering are the ones that you're avoiding? Why do you do that? Why? Seriously. Don't bullshit yourself anymore. Why are you doing it? Email me, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com, and with your permission, I'll share your response. Help benefit all the tens of thousands of people that will also be listening to these podcasts presently and in the future. Consider this your notice that the market has changed and the spring market next year for many agents, is going to be their last market because they won't make it to the summer market. Please don't be one of those folks. I told you guys that Julie and I are drilling down more in November, December, because you're present, you're listening. You guys are the good ones, or you have the capacity to be one of the good ones. So take this stuff seriously, okay? So if you need Julie and I for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.